0: Good morning. Our Bible reading today is from Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 to 23. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with you, Odia, and I plead with Syntyche, to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, Help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only for even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory for ever and ever. Amen. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you, Penny. Last week and this week, we've been looking at joy in hardship and looking at the Apostle Paul's invitation to the Philippians to rejoice always. And again, I say, rejoice. We now come to the second part of chapter four. So again, I hope you've got your Bibles open. And at verse 10, we see that, Paul rejoiced I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me we often see Paul as the theologian as the grand master of understanding and explaining God's plan from the beginning of time through to Jesus to the end of time but what we find here is that Paul the pastor we have an insight into the personality of Paul the the personal difficulties that Paul experienced, the relationship of joy and love he had with the Philippians. You'll, You'll recall at the beginning of this chapter, he talked about, You Philippians are my joy and my crown, whom I love and long for. Every pastor of God's people should love their people. They should be their joy and crown. They should long for them, yearn for them, that they might grow in Christ. And this is what Paul had for the Philippians. But notice that Paul here is affirming, rejoicing in the Lord, affirming the Philippians about what they have done for him. You've renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. He's talking here, of course, about the gift that Epaphroditus had brought you'll notice there in verse 18 I've received full payment and have more than enough I'm amply supplied supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent earlier in chapter 2 in that in the letter we see a reference to Epaphroditus who's been brought by the Philippians with gifts for Paul in Rome to help him to assist him It's interesting you find in in 2 Corinthians, uh, chapter 11, it talks about the way in which the Apostle Paul commends the Philippians when he speaks to them with regard to their, their gifts. Look at this in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 9, where he says, and when I was with you and needed something, I was not a burden to anyone, talking to the Corinthians, For the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied what I needed. Whenever you see Macedonia, think in terms of Philippi and Thessalonica, particularly Philippi. You'll see Macedonia is referred to a number of times, and here Paul talks about the way in which the Philippians had met his need. It's actual fact a number of times that uh, the Philippians had done that. If you come back to chapter four again, let me read with you again, I know Penny's read this, but when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. That's why Macedonia and Philippi are so closely connected in that region. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. According to the book of Acts, he was there at least for three Sundays possibly more, it's hard to tell, before he was driven out of Thessalonica. But he received help, practical gifts of money, food, perhaps clothing, from the Christians in Philippi, who'd been so blessed by his ministry there. More than once they did that, in that three week period. They were very keen. Uh, We see too, later on with regard to the reference in 2 Corinthians 11, that again when he was in Corinth, they sent money down they honored their pastor even though their pastor was preaching to another congregation and doing gospel work elsewhere the other reference we find which is very insightful is with regard to in 2 corinthians chapter 8 and let me read this to you again writing to the corinthians and now brothers and sisters we want you to know about the grace that god has given the macedonian churches In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the saints, or what the NIV says, the Lord's people. Paul, as you might recall, was aware of the famine in Jerusalem. And a lot of the Christians in Jerusalem were in desperate need. And therefore, he was having a collection of money, referred to in a number of his letters. And when he brought this need to the Philippians, they responded out of their poverty. They responded out of their trials. Uh, we know in uh, in Philippi that there was opposition to the Christians and yet that did not stop them giving to the Lord's work notice there are two aspects of their giving giving to the Lord's work with regard to their pastor their Apostle Paul but also giving to in aid and development if you like the aid with regard to the Saints in Jerusalem That reflects our own two prongs of giving in our local church. We give to support the ministry here of Prash on the pastoral team. And I hope that despite your not coming to church Sunday by Sunday, you've not forgotten to give. It's amazing how often the Bible talks about money, far more often than you might expect. Sometimes Christians, and particularly pastors, uh, have difficulty in talking about money. But let me tell you, archbishops have no difficulty whatsoever in talking about money. <laughs> I need to raise money for all kinds of things. I have the Archbishop of Sydney's Anglican Aid, which provides money for aid and development uh, outside Australia, sometimes in Australia too, but often outs overseas. We've set up an appeal for COVID 19, for example, uh, in Indonesia and uh, in other parts of, of africa so there is a way in which i want to bring before the people of god the needs beyond your parochial situation but i'm expecting as archbishop that you will continue to give to your local ministry the those who bring the word of god to you are worthy of double honor we must support those who teach us And it's easier for me to come into this they're just a member of the congregation really I just sit in the back row but for me to say to you easier for me than for Prash you need to make sure that God has control of your money and I want you to think seriously from Philippians 4 about how you give not only to the Lord's work here at St. Stephen's Willoughby but the Lord's work beyond St. Stephen's Willoughby Uh, when I was a Uh, an assistant minister, we used to call them curates in those days, sometime last century. Uh, Theo Heyman was the rector, and and he got us to give money to St. Stephen's Newman to build a rectory out there in Western Australia, in the diocese of Northwest Australia. Uh, That's been an ongoing relationship with the parish of Newman over the years. And that's been a wonderful blessing to us at St. Stephen's, and and they have the name St. Stephen's in concert with St. Stephen's Willoughby. Do you know that in Northwest Australia, they're unable to insure their church buildings? The premiums have become so high that all the Bishop of Northwest Australia and the Diocesan Council can do is to insure rectories to make sure that the clergy are safe and their families. We don't have that situation in Sydney. Our church building, in which I stand, is insured. If something catastrophic should happen, we have an insurance policy across the diocese, and we all contribute towards that in our giving and our parish cost recoveries that the wardens look after on your behalf. Money is an important part of our lives. I imagine you've saved all kinds of money. You probably haven't eaten out much. I'm sure you haven't. If you haven't, well, I'm sure you shouldn't have. If eating out, perhaps you've got some takeaway to bring in. But think of the savings you can make even in lockdown. Think about reordering your giving Think about how you might emulate the work of the Philippians in giving. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, you had no opportunity. Remember, of course, when Paul got to Rome, he'd been in prison in Caesarea. He then went by ship under guarded escort. He was shipwrecked in Malta. And then of course he gets on to rome so in about a five-year period paul is taken from prison to prison no wonder the philippians couldn't catch up with him they didn't have email They didn't have telephones they didn't have telegrams they had to have word of mouth people walking along the ignatian way to get to rome to find out what was happening and epaphroditus heard knew about the the situation he was in in rome and the saints at philippi gather some money send it by Epaphroditus. that would have taken months and brings it to paul and he rejoices in the law notice the way in which he said you have helped me in my circumstances i have learned the secret and i know what it is to be in need and what it is to have plenty i've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. The Apostle Paul had an extraordinary life. Let me read to you again from 2 Corinthians, which parallels so much of the activities we read in Philippians 4. He says in chapter 1 verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our trouble so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ Jesus. He then goes on to list the kind of things, the experience he had in the province of Asia, that's modern Turkey. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead and he has delivered us from this deadly peril. We need to make sure that we use our money wisely and that we support gospel ministry. Like our missionary, like Kylie Zeach, who's just come back from, from South Africa, now in quarantine in a hotel in Sydney. And I know some Bible study groups are providing a care package to give to her. What an excellent way to respond to Kylie, or our other missionaries which we support through CMS uh, overseas. This is part and parcel of the Christian life. And Paul had clearly taught the Philippians and the Philippians just went along with it. They rose to the occasion. They gave their money on five separate occasions recorded here, a couple of times in Thessalonica, again in in Corinth, uh, again in Rome, and then the money for the collection. All these things come out of the fullness of their heart that they love the Lord Jesus. But the Lord Jesus has taken up temple residence, as I said last week. It was a subtle reference, I, you might not have noticed it last week, it was Pentecost Sunday. And of course the day of Pentecost is the day when we rejoice and remember the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the gift of the Holy Spirit is not just a one-off gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit is permanent. the Spirit of the risen Jesus, the ascended Christ, who is in us to change us into his likeness from one degree of glory to another. That's the joy that Paul had, joy that he could have even in the midst of suffering, even in hardship as we've been experiencing and although the restrictions have been eased and we thank God for that, we're not back to norm. We're not back to church on our Sundays as we would like to be. No, we're still watching by Zoom or on our computers or TV screens. And that's a great opportunity for us to continue to do that. But don't we yearn to be together again? Don't we yearn to see one another just as Paul yearned to see the Philippians once again? He's learned the secret of being well-fed or hungry. And I can do all this through him who gives me strength that's verse 13 older versions have translated as I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and that's probably not an exact uh, accurate translation of the original language it's not that he can do all things it's not like he's Superman you know he can you know run faster than the speeding bullet and jump tallest buildings and things like that no 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 he's talking about all the things through the circumstances God gives him He can experience, endure, and come out triumphant. Why? Is it because there's a stoicism within him? Is it a stiff upper lip that the British might have? No, no, no. It's the strength that Christ supplies. I can do all things through him who gives me the strength. All these things that he's been talking about. But he affirms the Philippians. It was good of you to share in my troubles moreover as you know in the early days of your acquaintance with me I set out from Macedonia and there he talks about the gifts they gave to when he was in Thessalonica and other people in Macedonia didn't help in the way mr. Philippians the Philippians for us are a great model of Christian discipleship a model of how we use our money a model of how we serve God and uh, and and use the gifts that God has given us for the benefit of his people, for the benefit of pastors who preach God's word, for the benefit of those who are in need, the poor, all these are part of our Christian discipleship and we do it all in the strength that God supplies and for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is the credit that will be given to your account. Now, that's not some kind of credit of merit. But what he wants to see is his delight is not so much even the money he's received, his delight in the free will offerings that they have given, in the joy that they've expressed with regard to the giving of their money. Money which was hard for them to give, a bit like that widow's mite that Jesus refers to in the temple, in the Gospels. He delights in the work of the Spirit of God in their lives. And that's why he says, I've received full payment, more than enough. I'm amply supplied, now that I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts you gave. And then in verse 18, 19, they are fragrant offerings an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. He uses the language here of sacrifice and offerings. Because he's reflecting upon us as being temples of the Holy Spirit. As temples of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is is within us so that every aspect of our life is worship, and particularly the giving of our money. Sometimes it's misunderstood with regard to giving money as a special sacrifice for the the Lord's work. Well, as if that's the Lord's part of our money. No, no, no. Every cent that we own is the Lord's money. We're just stewards of it. We can't take it with us. Shrouds have no pockets, as the saying goes. No, every piece of money, property, real estate that you might own actually belongs to God. And God's given it to you to be a steward. And he's given his Holy Spirit to change you into his likeness, the likeness of Jesus, so we might give generously as God has given. That's why it's a fragrant offering pleasing to God and then in verse 19 he says just if you supplied my needs my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory you know when we pray for someone to be uh, brought out of their need for their needs to be met it's because we're actually asking God to raise up someone to provide that need Now sometimes it might be supernatural like Elijah in the book Cherith where ravens came and brought him food and the the water was there but the normal way in which God answers our prayers is by putting it upon the heart of others to give. So when we pray for those who are in need in other parts of our community or our church or overseas we're praying that God might raise up people to give generously and that might include you and me. That we might give generously, and that's why he finishes in verse twenty. To our God and Father, be glory for ever and ever. His final greetings are to God's people in Christ Jesus. I don't like the NIV translation. The word is saints. It used to be saints in an earlier version, NIV, but for some reason, the word saint seems to have gone out of their vocabulary. I reckon we should rehabilitate the word saint. Think of yourselves as saints, holy ones, God's precious people. And therefore, we're going to greet one another, hopefully even with a hug eventually, rather than just an elbow click. Greet them as fellow members of the household of God. All God's people, that's all the saints, send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. There were Christians in Caesar's household, possibly people who'd come from Philippi because Philippi was a Roman city of of high stature. That's possible, we're not quite sure, or maybe they'd be converted by Paul's own preaching. And he finishes, of course, that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. He began his letter imploring God's grace be with the Philippians. And he finishes his letter with the same measure of grace. God's riches at Christ's expense for those who did EE decades ago, God's unmerited favour, God's goodness towards us even in times of trial, which enables us to rejoice, to give thanks to God and glory in Christ Jesus with the saints, with our brothers and sisters in Christ who might be in hardship but can still rejoice because God is with us. The Lord is near. God bless. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are such a bountiful, generous God. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're about to reflect upon his death and resurrection. As we participate in the Lord's Supper, that you might bless us as we do so. Father, we thank you for the Apostle Paul, for his teaching of the Philippians, for his founding their church by your grace, and for their growing in their discipleship and the use of their money. Father, we pray that we too might grow more and more in the likeness of Jesus. Give us grace to follow their good example and enrich us by your spirit, that we might walk by faith and obedience to the glory of the Lord Jesus